There's an Olympic Games about, t- I think, two different Olympics ago, so it was eight to ten years ago, that uh, it was a great race. There was the 400 meters, which is one of my favorites. Everybody loves the 100 meters. I really love the 400 meters. I think it's the hardest race. But, uh, you know, there's one, one lap around, and there was a guy running. His last name was Redman. And as he got to the, the, you know, you get on the backside, and then you get this final curve, and as you make the final curve, you have a long straightaway. In the middle of the curve, he pulled a muscle, which you know, a hamstring, and as he ran, he fell, fell to the track, rolled over two or three times, and then, of course, the runners, they just keep on going. So, I mean, there's no chance for him to do anything. Well, he stood up, and he couldn't, he couldn't put any weight on his leg. It was so bad, so he started hobbling. And all of a sudden, which is now, this is Olympics with all the security, all of a sudden, out of the stands came a man. He was pushing people out of the way, and there was, a, you know, the guys in the vest saying, you can't come out here. He just pushed them all away and jumped down on the track. And went running toward that guy. Well, it was his father, Redmond's father. And he got up under his son, and he helped him go all the way around and finish the race. And if you want to, all you have to do is just look up. If you want to go watch it, just go to, just go to YouTube and look up something like Olympics, Redmond, or Father Helping Son. Some, uh, put Olympics, though, so you'll know what it is. And it'll come up, and you'll be able to see it. They crossed the finish line together. And what's amazing is it's powerful because he said, my son wanted to finish the race and he had to have help to finish it. Well, that's an encouragement. And that's what we see when we think about our lives. We need people in our lives who encourage us to finish the race, to keep on going. Because, you know, when you start, you know, the, the Bible talks about run the race with endurance. And Paul says, run the race that you may win the prize. And so the Christian life is often described, sometimes it's described as a walk and a boxing match and a wrestling match. But many, many times it's described as run, the running the race of the Christian life. Well, this morning we want to talk about a person in your life, in my life, person or persons in our lives that keep us going. We, we call him a Barnabas because that's what we see in the scripture. We talk about a Paul being a mentor. We talk about a Barnabas being an encourager. We talk about a Timothy being one of our disciples. Without Barnabas, without a Barnabas, we would fail. We would quit. God brings people into our lives to keep us going. I've said this many, many times. There are some of you in this room, if you weren't here, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have made it without some of you in this room. So when we think about a Barnabas, that's the person that comes alongside to help us. So let's think about where we are before we get into it. We're looking at three things, relationship to God, relationship to unbelievers, and relationship to believers. In our relationship to God, we've already seen that we've gone from death to life, and we want to know him and to be like him. That's what we saw there. In our relationship to the unbelievers, what we said was we want our works and our words, our whole lifestyle and our message, and to be lights in a fallen world. And then we're looking at our relationship to fellow believers, and we've said we need a Paul, we need a Barnabas, and we need a Timothy. And for the last couple of weeks, we looked at a a mentor, someone further along. And every one of us in this room can say, well, there's people further along in their Christian growth that can help us, that can teach us, can be a mentor. And we said that there were the four things we looked at. We follow their example. We look at them and we say, I want to be like that. We have that kindred spirit. We connect with them. We learn the word from them. And then we serve with them. And that was the key. And every one of us in this room, and if you don't have somebody that you're looking to, that you're connecting with, that's further down the road that's helping you, you need somebody. Because you're not going to be able to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ without somebody to help you. That's, that's That's why God put us in the body of Christ. That's why he put us in a group like this. 
He didn't say, you become a Christian, you just do your thing. He said, you become a Christian, I actually, the moment you curse Christ, I place you in the body of Christ with fellow believers. The body of Christ is called the church. He said, I place you in the body of Christ. You've all got different gifts, talents, and abilities. You're all there for one another. So we all need a mentor. Well, this morning, we're looking at the second big area, and that's the encourager. And this is, uh, these are fun. These people are fun. Because these people, they help us make it. And you can be, you can both have an encourager and you can be an encourager, just like you can have a mentor and you can be a mentor. And so when we live in a fallen world that pulls us down, that discourages us, we do want to quit, we want to get discouraged. Look at Galatians chapter 6, look at verse 9. Look what it says. It says, let us not lose heart in doing good. What do you mean doing good? Living for Christ. Trying to touch lives for Jesus Christ. Growing in the grace of the knowledge of Christ. Making an impact. Using our gifts. He says, let's not lose heart in doing good. The idea of losing heart means you, you get discouraged. You get discouraged. In Galatians 6, 9, let's don't lose heart in doing good. It is so easy to lose heart. Have you ever, have you ever been with somebody and tried to help them? and help them grow, and invest in them, and then they turn around and walk away from you? In fact, they turn around away from you and stab you in the back? Has that ever happened to you? You could say, well, yeah. Well, sometimes you do that, that happens to you, and you say, I quit. There's not, I mean, you know, you're going to disciple people, and you do this, and they turn around and do this, so it's not worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. He says, don't lose heart in doing good. Why? For in due time, we will reap, there'll be rewards, if we don't grow weary, if we keep on keeping on. It's so easy to lose heart. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because he says, knowing your labor in the Lord's not in vain. We got to keep on going on. We got to keep on doing it. And that's where you can be a Barnabas to somebody and somebody can be a Barnabas to you. I want you to think about this. Joshua had his Caleb. You know, Joshua was the guy that God raised up after Moses to take the people across the river and into the promised land, but he had Caleb. Caleb was his right-hand man. When they went out and spied out the land, Joshua and Caleb were the only two people that said, no, 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 if God says take the land, we're taking the land. Isn't that right, Joshua? Yeah. Isn't that right, Caleb? Yeah. That's what they did. And you think about David had his Jonathan. I mean, David was an incredible man, but Jonathan was always with David. Until Jonathan died. David, he was, they, were, they were the rest. Luther had his Melanchthon. The guy named Melanchthon was the one that... Luther, I don't know whether you've ever studied Martin Luther, but when you all think about Martin Luther and you think about his stand for Christ and he went back and said the Bible is the key and all these kind of things. I mean, they attacked him. People tried to kill him, all those kind of things. He, 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 he got into Great Depression. In fact, most of his writings, you will read that Martin Luther spent a lot of his life in depression. But who was there to keep him going? It was Melanchthon. In fact, Melanchthon was the real theologian behind Martin Luther. He was the brilliant one. Luther was the out front one. And then you think about Paul. Paul had his Barnabas. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. And, and we, we, need, we need a Barnabas. We need an encourager. Think about having an encouragement. Well, the name Barnabas himself literally means son of consolation or son of encouragement. So his name, we're going to talk more about it because this is actually his nickname. It means encourager. And when we think of Barnabas, we think of a man who encouraged others, and he encouraged Paul, but we're going to take how that works. Now, remember, we've already saw this in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. That means when you get with people, 
They're, you're sharpening each other. You're encouraging each other. You're keeping each other going. As iron sharpens iron, that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, we, we, we do that. If you walk with the wise, what will you be? Wise. If you hang around with the angry, what are you going to be? Angry. You've got to find people that's going to encourage you, that's going to encourage you to love and good works, that's going to encourage you to grow. We saw a Paul who's a mentor, well, this morning, a Barnabas. Now, I want you to think about this guy. When you start naming people in the Bible, if you go Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay, th- those are famous people. And then you got Acts, which goes back to Luke. And then you got Romans, verses like That's all Paul. In fact, 13 letters are Paul. So when you start naming some names in the Bible, names like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, they're all famous people. What about Barnabas? You say, well, we've all heard of Barnabas, but I mean, there isn't any books by Barnabas, right? There aren't any books about Barnabas, except the book of Acts mentions him. Well, who is this guy? Do you know? You know who he affected? He affected John, uh, Paul and John Mark. You know, he is the guy that encouraged Paul, who went on to write 13 letters in the New Testament. He is the guy that encouraged John Mark, who actually wrote the Gospel of Mark. So what if you said, who is this guy? And you said, well, he only influenced Paul and John Mark. Right? You'd go, well, I think that guy was pretty sharp. So let's think about who this guy is. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. Okay? Acts chapter 4. Just flip over there real quickly. I want you to see something. And we're going to meet Barnabas. We're going to meet the guy. And we're going to find out his real name because his real name is not Barnabas. My real name is not JB. It's James Harold. Some of you don't go by your real names. Some of you go by nicknames. Somebody goes, hey, buddy. Hey, Red. Hey, Stretch. You know, I mean, there's, right? Everybody's got nicknames. A lot of people have nicknames. Well, this, there's a guy named Barnabas. That's his nickname. Look at Acts chapter 4. Look at verse 36. It says, and Joseph, a Levite of Cyprian birth, who was also called Barnabas, high By who? By the apostles. The apostles called Joseph Barnabas, which translated means son of encouragement. His name was Joseph, but everybody called him Barnabas, which means son of consolation or the one who encourages the son of encouragement. That's what he is. That's what, that's what it says. Verse 37, if you keep reading, look what it says. He owned a tract of land. He sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, I want you to understand, at this time, people, the, the, the church just started growing. There were all kind of people, people, there were a lot of Christians that they didn't have money, they didn't have, they didn't have anything. And so, the Christians were coming together to say, what can we do? And some people said, well, I'm going to give this to the apostles, and then the apostles, you give it out to whoever you think needs it. Well, this guy named Joseph, who is nicknamed Barnabas because he's an encourager, had some land. He sold the land, took the money, and brought it up to the apostles. It'd be like one of you in this room saying, I have a piece of land. I'm going to sell it for $10,000. I'm going to bring it to the church and say, y'all give it to anybody that needs it. That's what he did. That's what he did. Because what was he doing? He's always doing what? He's always giving away something. He's always encouraging. He encouraged the apostles and the church at Jerusalem. He's famous for this. That's who he is. If you would have saw, if you had have seen, uh, say, uh, Peter, James, John, Andrew, you saw those guys? 
And you said, who is that guy over there? And he said, well, his name's Joseph, but everybody calls him Barnabas because he does nothing but encourage everybody. He's the kind of guy that'll come up beside you and say, you can do it. You can do it, right? And so we're going to see this. So what does an encourager do? Well, Jonathan was for David and Caleb was for Joshua, Joshua and Barnabas was for Paul. So as we think about a Barnabas, we're going to go quickly through this. There are four things. We'll do two this morning, two next week. Four things. First of all, a Barnabas encourages us. They believe in us even when others do not. Second, they encourage us to grow. They keep going as they keep us growing and going as believers. The third thing they do, they encourage us to be involved in ministry. And the last thing, and this is the one that shocks people, these people encourage us by we be willing to confront. So there are four things. We'll see two this morning and two next time. We'll have to go a little bit fast. But here's the first thing. They encourage us. They believe in us when people don't believe in us. A Barnabas is the kind of guy or a kind of girl that would come alongside you and say, you can do it. Oh, no, I can't do it. You can do it. I know you can do it. Yeah, but nobody else. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. I know you can be faithful. They're behind us. They're the ones that say that we can be, that we can be used by God. They're, they're the special ones in my life. I had a friend named Butch Simmons when I first started growing as a Christian. I'd teach something. He'd come up and go, that was great. It wasn't very great. But he would say it. And he'd say, well, you can do this. I know you can do this. And that's what people do. Their Barnabas is there to, to publicly. They stand by us when nobody else will. What had Paul been? Paul had been a persecutor of the church. Is that right? He'd gone to kill people, right? He, went up, he was on the way to Damascus to get the Christians, bring them back and put them to death. And on the way to Damascus, on the road, Jesus Christ appeared to him, blinded him. He went into Damascus. He put his faith in Christ, went into Damascus, re- received his sight, and then started telling everybody about Jesus. So he changed overnight because he trusted in Christ as his Savior. So Paul, the persecutor became a, a, a discipler and a leader of Je- for Jesus Christ. But guess what? Look at, let, flip over to Acts 9, chapter 9, okay? Because we're in 2021. Let me, let me just turn over to Acts chapter 9 for just a second. Paul has believed in Jesus Christ as his Savior, and Acts chapter 9 says, immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he's the Son of God. And those hearing him continued to be amazed, and they were saying, is this not the one who's in Jerusalem, who destroyed those who call on this name, and who came here for the very purpose of bringing them bound before the chief priest? They said, this guy is telling people about Jesus, but isn't this the same guy that came up here to kill us all? And so look what happened. He came to Jerusalem. Look at verse 26. When he came to Jerusalem, Paul comes to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 9, verse 26. When he came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they were afraid of him and not believing that he was a disciple. They said, we don't trust you. I think maybe you're just acting this way so you can get among us and then kill us all. But notice... Verse 27, but Barnabas, son of encouragement, took hold of him, brought him to the apostles, described to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and how he had talked to him and how at Damascus he had spoken out boldly in the name of Jesus. Who is it that stood by Paul when nobody else believed him? Barnabas. Barnabas said, listen, y'all, trust me, remember, I'm the son of encouragement, right? 
Okay, trust me, this guy's okay. I know he trusted Christ on the road to Damascus. I've watched him teach and stand strong for Jesus Christ. We don't need to be afraid of him. He is a man ready to live for Jesus Christ. Barnabas encouraged Paul and stood by him. That's what a Barnabas does in your life. They stand by you. In fact, in fact, they see beyond our past to how God can use us. They don't look at what we've been. They look at what we're going to be. A Barnabas will stand beside you and say, look, it doesn't matter what's happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter how you lived in the past. It doesn't matter whether you weren't on fire or not. What matters is what you can do now and what you're going to do in the future. And a Barnabas will stand beside you and say, you can do it. And I'll stand beside you. That's what they do. That's what a Barnabas does. They see it. So the first one, as they encourage us by believing us when nobody else will. There's a second thing, and I have to go quickly through this. A Barnabas encourages us to grow and to keep on growing. That's what a Barnabas does. Let me, let me just, without, <coughs> without turning there, let me show you what happened. In Acts chapter 11, it says that there were some of them, some men of Cyprus and Cyrene, they went to a city called Antioch. And they began speaking to the Greeks. These are not Jews. These are Greeks. And they were preaching the Lord Jesus. And a hand, and the hand of the Lord was with them. And a large number who believed turned to the Lord. So these group of people went up to Antioch. And they told them about Jesus. And a whole bunch of them trusted Christ. What are you going to do with them? Well, watch. What happened? And actually, so the news came down to the ears of the church at Jerusalem. So who did they send up there? They sent Bar- Why would you send Barnabas up there? What do these new believers need? Encouragement. So they said, look, Barnabas, you know what to do? Go up there with them and help them. And so what happened? When, and when he had come and witnessed the grace of God. Who is this? This is Barnabas. He rejoiced. And he began to do what? To encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. He's saying, you got to do it. you got to keep growing. you got to keep growing. you got to keep growing. The grace of God, he encouraged them. He came alongside to help. That's what an encourager does. So an encourager not only believes in us when nobody else will and stand beside you and encourages the one, uh, encourages the one that comes alongside of you and says, you got to grow. you got to do it. I, I, I know you can do it. In fact, that, that's what it means. What does the, the encourager do? He helps us to grow, encourages us to keep on growing and remain true. Powerful truths. Who in your life believes in you? Who in your life is going to stand beside you and say, you can do it? And, and they're going to stand beside you and say, you got to keep going. you got to keep growing. you got to keep studying. I'll study with you. We'll be together. We're working on this thing together. And let me tell you this. If you say, well, I don't have anybody, well, let me ask you this question. Who are you encouraging? Who are you standing beside that you would stand beside them when nobody else will, when you can see what they can be, not what they are right now? And who can you, you're standing beside to say, listen, let's grow together. Let's, let's meet together and let's study. And you can do it. I know you can. What does, the, what does the encourager do? First of all, a Barnabas believes in us when others don't. They stand by us. And a Barnabas encourages us to grow. So we have to stop. So I want to give you two quick applications. One, let's have an encourager in our lives. Now, this is the hard one. Because you just can't make somebody be an encourager in your life. So how does it really work? You have to do number two before you can do number one. Number two is let's be an encourager. You have to go and you have to look for people that you know 
that there's, God's got great things for them. And by, let me just say this. You might say, well, how do I know? Every one of you in this room, every one of you in this room, God can do and will do and is doing great things in your life. And sometimes we don't believe it. Sometimes we think, I'm nothing. Sometimes we say, well, I can't do anything. Gee, I only can help in the nursery. Or gee, I only do this. Or only I help with this. Or maybe I'll hold the door open. Or maybe I'll help. Listen, you can touch lives for Christ. And the Barnabas is going to be the one that says, you can do it. I believe in you. I know what God can do through you. And you either have, you need one in your life, but you've got to be one to somebody else. So you begin to look for people in your life that you can say, you can do it. I believe in you. I know you can do it. So, number one, let's have an encourager in our lives, but in order for that to really happen, we're going to have to be an encourager, and it takes time to invest in the lives of others. When you leave today, go somewhere by yourself and say, Lord, two things. Bring somebody in my life that can be the encourager to help me grow, to help me know that you can use me. And then say, Lord, put me in somebody's life to help them grow, to encourage them, to stand by them when nobody else will, to see the future that you can use them beyond what anybody could ask or imagine.